All right, you guys, I am currently struggling with a pinched nerve in my neck. And if you have ever had one, you know the pain. So I am feeling super thankful for today's sponsor, Tanasi. Tanasi's CBD, CBDA is two times better than CBD alone and better than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. It helps soothe and relieve my aches and pains like my pinched nerve, and it's great for sleep and anxiety, so I put it on right before bed. Tanasi was discovered by a team of chemists and biologists at Middle Tennessee State University, and 5% of all revenue is given back to the university partner for ongoing research. It is THC-free and comes in a range of products. I love the topicals, but you can also choose from soft gels, gummies, and tinctures. Satisfaction is guaranteed. Try Tanasi for 30 days, and if you don't love it, you get a full refund. Go to Tanasi.com and use code MOM to get 25% off at checkout. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with promo code MOM. Since learning the truth about alcohol over four years ago, I've become pretty skeptical about anything that seems too good to be true. You know, like alcohol. If you're like me and you can spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away, congrats, you're a skeptic too. Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds our standards. I take Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus every morning because it has high-quality and traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. It's gentle on an empty stomach and has a minty essence in every bottle that helps make taking my multis actually enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com forward slash sober mom. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash sober mom for 25% off. Hi, welcome to the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne of My Kind of Sweet and the Sober Mom Life on Instagram. If you are a mama who has questioned your relationship with alcohol at times, if you're wondering if maybe it's making motherhood harder, this is for you. I will be having candid, honest, funny conversations with other moms who have also thought, hmm, maybe motherhood is better without alcohol. Is it possible? We'll chat and we'll talk about all things sobriety and how we've found freedom in sobriety I don't consider myself an alcoholic. You don't have to either. And maybe life is brighter without alcohol. I hope you will join us on this journey and I'm so excited to get started. Hello and welcome to this special bonus episode of the Sober Mom Life Podcast. These are the real sober mom chats. It's kind of like the Real Housewives but without the booze, which means it's less dramatic and it's more fun because let's be honest, those ladies are not having fun. But these ladies are, and I am so excited. I brought these chats back because you guys loved them. You love these relatable stories. They're stories of moms just like you who are either newly sober or just still working things out and sober curious, or sometimes they have some years under their belt and they come and tell us all that they've learned and share their experience. 
You love these chats. I do too. If you want to share your story, I would love to hear from you. You do that over at the Sober Mom Life Cafe. That, in case you missed the announcement, is replacing our Patreon. It's much easier to understand. So it's just the Sober Mom Life Cafe. It will be linked in the show notes. You can get there through mykindofsweet.com. And it's $10 a month. You get bonus podcast episodes. You get weekly Zoom meetings. You get our monthly book club. You get access to our exclusive Discord chat with moms just like you. And you get to sign up to share your story on the podcast. So come on over there. It's linked in the show notes. It's the Sober Mom Life Cafe. And um, it's the only cafe without coffee. So bring your own coffee, but come for the connection and the community. And we would love to have you. Okay, guys, enjoy the episode. Casey, welcome to the Sober Mom Life. It's your turn. It's my turn. I'm here. I know. I hear the big sigh. You're like, okay, <laughs> let's do this. I love deep breaths. I take deep breaths often. Oh my God. My toddlers take deep breaths. We all take deep breaths around here. I mean, that's a good way to do it. My husband calls it my sigh language because I'll be like, <sighs> he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, nothing. I'm just breathing. <laughs> I do that too. And he'll be like, that was a good one. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. A lot going on in here. (laughs) Oh my God. We all need deep breaths. You said you listened to hundreds of these and I'm so excited that it's your turn. Yes. These have been a lifeline, especially in the beginning. The beginning part was you were the first one I found and I stuck with it. And the, the real mom ones were just different. They helped me in a different way just because it's cool to hear the people and it's cool to hear all this really smart people and... (laughs) That helps, but it also really, really helps to just have people come on that you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I don't know anybody in my real life that struggles with the same things that I have. So it was so nice to just, and it is still so nice to keep keep them going. So thank you for that. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. I'm so glad. I, I love these. These are my favorite. I mean, I, I love getting to talk to authors and all of the all of those people too, but yeah. There's something about hearing a real story that is, I loved listening to those too. I loved listening to, I also loved listening to the before sobriety stories, you know, when it's like, okay, let's talk about what it was like, right? Yes, so do I. Like, yes, sobriety is amazing and yeah, but let's talk about drinking, right? So let's talk about your drinking. (laughs) You're like, okay, let's go back. That's okay. Yeah, I drank a lot. I grew up around alcohol. And I think that that has such a huge part in like just everything, just how you grow up around everything has a huge part in how you see the world. Yeah. And both of my parents drank and they drank often. One, my mom is now sober as well. She doesn't really like call herself sober, but she kind of, they got divorced and she got remarried and she married to someone that is also sober. And so she just kind of stopped drinking. It wasn't fitting them. And their house is an alcohol-free house. And I love that. Now, I didn't love it before. <laughs> that was always like such a bummer. Yes, that's interesting. She stopped drinking before you did then. Oh, yeah, years ago. But uh, my dad is still very, very much drinks and very much an alcoholic, just a very high functioning one. He's in the law enforcement. He 
he lives his whole life, but he, that clock hits and he has never not had a drink in his hand. And most of my childhood memories involve him having a drink or mm. smelling the beer. I can still smell it. Even my husband still drinks and he, he will smell like a beer and it will remind me of like, <laughs> I'm like, ah. Oh yeah. That's, and that's triggering. Like that's, I, I know that for sure. Yeah. Yes. So they both drink. It's just, it was the normal thing. I'm from, I'm living in Indiana and it's, there's nothing else to do. So yeah. it's like, yeah, of course. Everybody was drinking at such a young age. I started drinking probably when I was 15, just at some teenager's house in a basement somewhere. And that's all she wrote. And that was that. And I kept going. And it's fun to look at back now because when you're in it, you're like, yeah, everybody's, everybody drinks and everybody blacks out and everybody cries and everybody gets in fights with their people that they're dating at the time but not really <laughs> not now when i look back i'm like actually no it, not all my friends did that some people didn't do that and i wish i could have just like seen more of the realistic side back then it would have saved me a lot but i just kept on keeping on with it and it was normal and everybody did it and i fit in nick never had a good time i learned quick as i got older and I actually turned 21, you go out and then it's like a whole different world. And then it starts to get a little dangerous. So I started to learn really quick kind of my limits and what I could drink. And then I just turned into a beer drinker. So I just only ever drink beers and like a light beer, Bud Light. It was like not even a beer. Yeah. <laughs> but I could drink a lot of them. So it didn't matter. And I, it was my safe. That was my safety. I never took shots. I never... That was like your moderation rule. Yes. And I was comfortable with it. And I lived doing that for years uh, since I became a mom because it really, nothing really, the fighting and the drama and all that kind of stopped after I learned that. I mean, every so often. So I would go like six months or so and then we'd have a date night and we'd be kid free. And it's so funny to me now to look back and like all those times I was so desperate to get a break and to get time away. I totally wasted it and it was all fucked up because we got too hammered and got in a fight and it's just, oh, if I could go back, but I can't, I'm here now. And, but that is, it is, that's when the blinders come off and we're like, oh my God, I thought that this was like relaxing and I thought that this was helping me and, and like, yeah, kid free. And now this is going to fuck with my sleep. Like now that you know that sleep is so much better and all of the stuff. Oh, the sleep. I would be so excited about a night away, a night free. And then I would waste the entire time just like waking up every hour, sweating, my head's pounding, everything hurts. I'm going to vomit. And <laughs> yes, just like, come on, dude. But anyway, so yeah, I, I learned that beer was safe. And then I became a mom and my husband drinks, not like I did. But he, and he always has, we always did it. Our whole, our friend group drinks, our family drinks. It's just always everywhere. It's everywhere. And I kept going and I became a mom and I have two boys now. And I remember like my first pregnancy, like I didn't care. I didn't miss it at all. It was like, what are you, that was not even a thing. I, I wasn't drinking to the point of where I felt left out. Like I didn't care. I was so excited to be a mom. And even the first few years of his life, I was so consumed with motherhood and becoming a mother that I didn't really, I didn't really lean on it like I did it. And then he turned, our boys are about three years apart and we tried to get pregnant with my second and it took a little bit longer than I thought. And that was, I started, I was drinking a lot more 
than I had ever. And I was just like every night and not anything crazy, but every night I'm cooking dinner and I'm going to open a beer. And then that would lead into literally just like sitting on the couch with him, watching our shows or watching Bravo and just drink, keep, I'm keeping going. And that was every night. And I remember, it's so crazy to me that I remember, cause we tried to get pregnant for a about a year. And that doesn't seem like a long time, but when you're trying to get pregnant, it seems like a really long time. Oh, when you're in it, it does. And I was doing like the ovulation test and everything. And I remember thinking, oh, if I can just get pregnant, I would have to stop drinking. I would, ha- that would ha- I would have to take a break. And I, I just like want to go back and be like, Casey, you don't have to be pre- like, why, why are you doing that? And you know why though, right? Oh, I know. Oh, I know. But it, because we don't know that we can just, and, and we don't know that we can take, that we don't have to answer all these questions, right? Like we don't know. No, I could have just stopped because I didn't like it. Right. But we just don't know that. Right. Right. And it was so, that that feels like so long ago. So now that I look back, I'm like, oh, I kind of knew then he's about to turn three, our second child. And I am... I just turned eight months sober on like the fifth, I think. So congrats. (laughs) Thank you. Took me a while, but I'm here. And I just remember thinking that. And I then I got pregnant and I was like miserable. It was like, you. I was just white knuckling the whole time. I was cranky, everything. I was missing out. I was annoyed, everybody. I just wanted to like get through that. Part of which you're pregnant with your second and it's just different anyway, because you're not like, (laughs) I had a whole other toddler that I had to like, Totally. It's work. So it already was kind of more of like a, okay, let's like get the baby here. But then add on that, you took away my crutch. And that pregnancy was so much different than my first because I I felt it. I felt like I was, I missed it and that I didn't like that. And then I remember, you know, you have the baby and you're like, oh, everybody's like, oh, gives you a beer. Like it was a joke. I had a beer brought to me at the hospital, which like, I'm like, oh my God, red flag. But I didn't drink it. I didn't want it, but it was like a joke and people just, people associated beer and especially Bud Light with me. And that was my people. That was people knew I loved it. I was gifted it every birthday, cases and cases of beer. Because I could drink a lot because it was water. It's water. And I had been drinking for 10 years. I can drink a lot of them. Yeah, because your tolerance was high. Yes, and then not do anything. And that's boring. So I need to drink 15 to feel a drunk. And that's a lot of fucking beer every day. And it was just, I had him and then it kind of, I chilled out for a while because you have a baby and then two kids and I... I had to figure all that. I was a stay-at-home mom at the time and I was drowning in anxiety and just had trying to figure that out. And then we hit kind of a fine COVID came and we had figured out this financial thing and I had to go back to work and that just like threw my world upside down. I wasn't ready to go back to work yet, but we needed, I needed to. And then just starting that, it was like, I work in a preschool. I love kids. That's that's what I love, but holy shit, they're alive. Oh my God. Yeah. And so every day it was just like, that was my, my turn off. I, that would be the only way that I could relax. And it became every day. I remember, and I try to think back on like when I really started to like question it because not people don't question it. Like that's not a normal or typical thing to do for people to like wonder. We're taught not to. No. So, and I don't, I can't even remember when I started to, but I swear that it was just like 
TikTok becoming a thing. And all of a sudden, like, you know, I don't even know how it happens, but like my algorithms were starting to be sober people. And I would see like just like one young girl and she would just be like talking about like her before and what how she drank. And I remember being like, oh shit, ooh, like that. Okay. <laughs> and then it was just like my feed was just like over and all these people and I would get to know these people and I would follow them and I would like, oh, she hit 30 days. Oh, whatever. And then it was recommended this naked mind. And I remember I bought it on audio and I listened to it. And she tells you in the very beginning, don't stop drinking. Like you keep doing what you're doing. That's not the point of this. I, we, I just want to like basically get in your brain. And that should have worked because she was in my brain. Yeah. I did the whole thing and it felt at the time I still drank. I was still drinking. And I've heard a lot of people say that even like at the very end, it come almost amped up because it's like I knew that it was going to be done soon. And I knew I could, I thought about it. I have tattoos on one of my arm and I want my other arm done. And I remember thinking like, oh, like once I get like a year so sober, how cool would it be to have like a sobriety tattoo? And I'm still power hammering 10, 15 beers a day at this point. But I'm thinking in my brain, like, okay, like I can see that. I can see that this is going to be a thing for me. How am I going to get there? And I knew that I needed to get there by myself. And I knew that it wasn't going to be, I just, I needed to do it. And I knew it was coming. And I didn't know how to like get, I didn't know how to get there because nothing, it never makes sense when you're drinking. It, everybody around me drinks. There's, I know, I don't know one person right. in my life besides my mom who I never see, who lives out of state that doesn't drink. I don't know anybody. And it just felt so like even isolating to even entertain the idea of it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. And I would talk about it and I would listen. I found your podcast and I remember listening to a few of yours and I would say things like you guys would say things like a factor. And I listened to the Matt Huberman one that everybody talks about. Oh, the Andrew Huberman. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Andrew Huberman. And I listened to that and I would talk little bits about it to my husband and like kind of, I never really let him know what was going on, but I kind of like, oh my gosh, did you know? Or like, oh, did you know that that, or I heard this today and he knew that I struggled. He didn't know that I was struggling daily, but he knew that I wanted to chill. The year before I tried to do a, a January. Dry January? Okay. Yes. I tried to do that last year because we had a kid-free night on New Year's and I got so fucked up that I like was vomiting. It was the most ridiculously embarrassing thing. And I woke up and I was like, okay, no, that is not how this is going to go. And I think I made it like 20 days and then we were out to dinner and I was like, uh-huh, fuck it. And I just <laughs> ordered a beer. And I remember like him, nobody cared. Like nobody... So like, why would I care? Nobody, nobody was like, oh shit, like you got one. It was just kind of like, oh yeah, no shit. Like, cause nobody expected it to ever be a thing. Like you just, yes. Oh, cool. You made it 20 days. Okay. This is so interesting because I want to talk really quick about, so you said that you're trying to figure out when you, when you started to question and you even mentioned that as you were trying for your second, that like deep down you were like, I want to get pregnant because that would force me to take a break, right? Yeah. And that was so long ago. Right. And that sounds like questioning, but those are the kind of things that we're taught not to say out loud. Because if we say that out loud, then in, at least this is what I thought in my mind, 
alarm bells would go off and it's like, oh, Sue's as a quote unquote problem, get to AA. Like, nope, you know, like you can't control it. What do you mean? You can't do it. Yes. Something's wrong with you forever. Like you're going to be in a cage. And so then like, we don't say those things. We don't say, holy shit, I think that I'm drinking too much for me, however much that is. And when you were questioning those things, it's not like you were still, as you said, like you weren't in your blackout period of like you had learned to moderate and it was still that hell, right? So it wasn't from the outside. Oh, no. It was funny, right? People would consider you a normal drinker. She likes beer. She can drink beer. Her life isn't in disarray. Oh, it was never a problem. No. Right. Right. And so... I just always want to highlight this thing where it's like, like you were a normal drinker, quote unquote, normal drinker. And normal drinkers question their drinking deep down and don't say anything about it. Absolutely. This is just what I'm supposed to do. Everybody's doing that. If I'm not, then what am I supposed to do? Which was, which was stopped me for so long to take that next step of, okay, well, maybe I don't have to do that. And maybe I can just figure that out. But it took, kind of a slap in the face to be like, okay, I see people posting on the group all the time and what's going to make me stick? What's going to help this? And it it makes me feel a pit in my stomach for them because nobody can tell you when nobody can tell you that. Nobody is going to make you feel like you've had enough. You have to have enough. Like you have to have had enough. Yes. I've commented it several times for people, but once the thought of doing that and once the scariness of sobriety and losing my comfort and losing everything that I know in every aspect of my life, because it truly does flip your world. Once that is less scary than keeping on the way that you're going, you have to, you just do it. You don't want, you don't want to keep going because it is scary. It was scarier to me to think about continuing drinking the way that I was drinking and continuing the just a little at the end, man, it was so slow. And it was also so fast how quickly it turned from beers at dinner. And I could go, I would only drink them a few nights a week to every single night, at least six or seven, because that's as many as it took for me to even feel a buzz every day. That's not because Bud Light is Bud Light. It's because it's an addictive substance and you need more and more. That's just what it is, right? I wasn't drinking it for the taste. It's Bud Light. Right. I was drinking right. it because, right. I mean, I would tell myself that. I would tell myself, that. no, I love it. I love that beer. I love that. It's oh, it's so nice on a hot day. What the fuck? It was Bud Light. Have you ever drank yeah. Bud Light? No, it wasn't. Yes, I have. Yeah. Go get a lemonade. Like, (laughs) no. Yeah. I know. Have you ever tasted lemonade? Because that is what tastes good. (laughs) It's delightful. Yes, it's so good. A Bud Light tastes like piss in a can. And like, I wasn't drinking it because I loved it. I was drinking it because I have severe anxiety and I feel like I'm living on a roller coaster that's going full speed all the time. And I needed, I thought, to turn that off. And that was how I did that, by turning off feeling anything at all, ever. Yes. And newsflash, that's not it. That's not how you get the roller coaster to slow down. Well, because it catches up to you, right? 
Yes. Right. It catches up to you the next morning. And yes, it crashes. It runs right over the top of you. It crashes. And I felt, I felt out of control. I could feel sobriety coming and I could feel that it was going to happen any moment. But I, it was like, I had to just like drink all the beer in sight because I wasn't going to get it any longer and I needed to do it. And I just like went crazy for like two weekends in a row. It was just like, because I never really did get super drunk. I just would drink a solid buzz because we'd have the kids like putting their kids to bed and nothing was out of the ordinary. But those last few weeks, I was getting really drunk. And like my husband had made a comment. He said something about, there was like a neighborhood post or something in Facebook about this dog. And I, it triggered me the wrong way. And I was like sassy about it. And I commented something sassy about it. And he was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, get off your phone. (laughs) And the next day, that was, that was the night we had gone to dinner. I love when people say that there was no like rock bottom. I love that. I'm commenting all the time on people. You had somebody on and I wish I could credit her because I don't know who it was, but she talked about building blocks and how her sobriety, it was her, she didn't have rock bottom. She just had a bunch of little blocks that kind of built up. I know it was a long time ago. It was in the very kind of beginning and she... Audrey will find it. Audrey, Audrey's going through all of the episodes and and like cataloging for us because I'm like, oh yeah, who was that? Okay. Okay. It resonated with me so well because she was like, nothing crazy is happening, but all these little tiny things are happening that in my heart feel crazy. And then it was just this one morning that I was so hungover. I had my little boy started kindergarten this year and I had, so we had a bus stop. That's been a whole new thing. And so I had to drive him to the bus stop. And I was so hungover that I couldn't even like stand up. I was kneeling like on my knees at this bus stop waiting for him to get on the bus. And that to me was just like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? This is not why I wanted to become a mom. Like that, Yeah, that was just like not it. And I texted him immediately because I knew I had, I had been waking up daily saying, okay, like I'm not going to drink a beer tonight. Like it's just not going to happen. And then everybody, it's just like you go to work and everything's crazy. And you just, you talk yourself out of it. And then by 11 o'clock, even 11 a.m., I'm like, all right, well, today's fucked. So tomorrow, maybe tomorrow, but today I can do two. And then it's just, that's, and then it's been a year of, of waking up every day saying, not tonight. Tonight, I'm not, to this week, this week, I'm going to go into the weekend. And that, it just doesn't work because you're in your brain. You can't, you just can't do it. Yeah. You're like waiting to answer all the questions. That's what I, that's what really struck me when I, it was like, I thought this whole time I thought I had to figure it out and then stop drinking. It's like, no, no, no. You make the decision. You just stop. I just had to stop. You stop drinking and then you will be able to figure it all out, but you can't wait to figure it out before you make that decision. I just would have kept going and it, it just that one morning and I, I knew that if I, if I didn't say it out loud that I would never, I had lost all trust in myself. It's been so long of me wanting this for myself and I'm not doing it. I'm tired of not doing it. I don't do a lot of things. I want to work out too and I'm not doing that, but this was much bigger and much heavier and I needed to, I needed him to know that like, this wasn't just me being like, oh shit, we need to chill on the beers. This was me saying something really bad is going to happen to me or the kids if I don't stop drinking. 
You needed a witness. Yes. And it sounds big and it sounds heavy and nothing bad ever did happen. They were always taken care of, but man, towards the end, like you're, you're driving after you shouldn't be. And I'm, you think you're fine, but they're in the car and it's bedtime and it's fine. And, but we'll be fine. Just follow me and we're home and we're stopping at the liquor store every fucking day because I need more beer at home. And they are with me in the car waiting. And I'm waking up thinking, oh shit, like who put them to bed? Did I rock them? Did I, did I put them in bed? I don't know. Hopefully. And everything was always fine, but it's like, how long is it going to be always fine? I don't want to play that game. I, I was all done playing the game. I was all done wasting. I get you. We get such little time. And I didn't, I saw some, some quote that I saved that I love that said, we get so many bedtimes. Like, why are we wasting all of them trying to get back to the wine, trying to hurry a bedtime to hurry and get back to my beer? And so often I didn't even get back to it. I had it right there with me. I had my beer in my hand, rocking my child to sleep. It's so crazy to me to even like, when did that happen? And my little tiny one and a half year old, that was a big red flag for me in those last weeks. He, I rocked him and he nursed and for like ever because he didn't want to let me go. And he was like, yes, well over one. And he was nursing and I finally put him down. I laid him down and I had had my beer, but I set it on the floor. And he said, you two got your beer. And I literally was like, like he knows because I, you think I'm hiding it. I'm like drinking it to the side, like, because I couldn't go 20 minutes without, without a drink. And like it, and that I remember just sobbing. Like I had to, you had to pat his butt. You can't just set him down in the crib. So I had to pat his butt and I just cried. But then I went right back out and just continued to drink with my husband. And it didn't stop. I didn't stop, but that was a big block. And then the next morning was this, I was just like so many of those little tiny gut punches. It just felt, I just was like, okay, that's it. This, whatever's going to happen next has got to be better than this because this is just getting me nowhere. I'm not, it's not fun anymore. Like, what am I getting? It's, I'm not getting anything out of it. And everything I think I'm getting out of it is all bullshit. I just thought you just shared something today. This video of him was like, uh, yeah, you think you're not going to have fun. Yeah. That is so accurate. I just wish I could like scream it to people. And if you're not having fun, then don't do that. Like, then you don't like them. (laughs) Then I don't want to be there. Right. Then you're just doing the wrong thing or you're with the wrong people. Yeah. I'm saving myself so much time and energy on like social things. And like, uh, because now that I can't be drunk, if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to come and hang out with you and take time away from my kids, my house, my family. I could be doing a million other things. Right. And if I feel like I need to get drunk, and I'm just like not going to do it. And it sounds so cliche, but it, it is so true. It's so true. It's like that childlike wonder that you get to you get to discover what those million things are. And, and a lot of us don't know what we like doing. And that's why we keep going back to, to alcohol. Yes, that's been such a hard thing for me to try to figure out like, oh, okay. <laughs> what have you discovered? Uh- <laughs> Sour Skittles. I have. I know. <laughs> Sour Skittles. Well, oh my God. So good. That's the best answer ever. That has been a big thing for me in this. And I'm still, I still got nothing. I'm still just, I feel like I'm still trying to just kind of learn to, to like be and be sober. Yeah. 
And you have two little kids too. Like, let's not forget, like moms aren't there like learning how to knit. Like we have little kids who take up all of my hobby was drinking beer and now I don't have it. So now I'm actually just like doing everything I was doing, just like remembering it and not feeling like shit in the morning. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) I'm sitting on the couch still watching Bravo and Vanderpump, but I'm remembering it and I don't have to like rewatch it again. <laughs> oh. And then also you could live through them and be like, oh, oh my gosh. God. Like anytime I get shit for watching Bravo, I'm like, are you kidding me? I love watching people make fools of themselves because of alcohol. And especially Vanderpump this season, Lala Sober. And I have loved seeing it. It's like, yes. So good. Because she's the only sane one on the thing. Because she's the only one who's not slurring her words. I'm like, queen. You're a queen. I love you. I know. I know. Oh my God. I can't wait for oh, the, the finale. I'm going to do a Bravo bonus. And actually, I'm going to do it with my husband the first time because he watches it with me. And he has so many thoughts. I know. I know. <laughs> my husband likes to say he doesn't watch it. But then I will see him like not looking at his phone for like the longest that he ever will because he's looking at the TV because he can't believe it. Yeah. That's how it started with my husband when we were dating. So this was like 12 years ago. And I was like, you know, watching, I think, OC or something. And he was like, oh, my God, what is this? This is so stupid. This is silly. And then he's like sitting and watching. He's like, I can't but No, this is. And then and then he's like watching it. And then by the end, he's like, we have to wait till next week. And I'm like, see, you're in. I got you. It's so good. Oh, my God. Okay, so what's your favorite part about sobriety? Being sober. I feel I am a different human in a way that is like the most cliche and the most like unexpected because like I'm doing it. I'm figuring it out. Like I don't need, I still have fun. Like I still, I go to dinner and we have fun. I'm funny. I don't need to be shit faced to make people laugh. Yeah. I have fun. And I remember all these fierce little things where I am doing them sober and I'm and I'm like, oh shit, I enjoyed myself there. It so slowly changes from like white knuckling and trying to survive and you're just like, uh, this sucks. Like I'm missing out. And so slowly it just starts, it has shifted for me and I don't really quite know when, but I posted the other day, I was like, oh my God, I got into an argument with him and I didn't even think about it. I didn't even, not once was it like, oh, I wish I could just go have a beer. That's not even an option in my brain anymore. I'm not even thinking about it. Yes. And that I think is my favorite part for me. Just like learning that I can, I don't need that. I didn't need it and I don't, and I'm doing it and I'm so much better. Like in every way you can think of, you will be better. Everything is better. Nothing gets worse and nothing gets harder. It might be hard in the beginning, but it's going to be better. I will pick this hard and that first uncomfortable, hey, honey, I, your girl's got a problem. He was fine. It's your husband. He have, And he saw, he said, yeah, yeah. I kind of noticed this weekend something kind of was different. And I said, yeah. And then you tell people and I, I wish I just like, you can do it. You just have to do it. You just have to do it. And you you have to stop waiting because I could have waited. And I said so many times, I'm going to wait. I just, I 
I'm not even 30 yet. I turned 30 in October. Oh, you're a you're a baby. I know. I remember thinking like maybe when I turn 30, I'll, when I turn 30, I'll just like start this thing. Why? Why? Why not go into 30? I'm so, I have my whole life. Oh, you have your whole life. Like, why not just go into it? Yes. That's probably my favorite part. I love, I just, I can do it. You can do it and it's fine. Oh, you can do it. And my skin's clearing up. I've struggled with acne my whole life and I'm like, I mean, you're glowing. No, you're glowing. All that stuff that you're paying for, it works if you stop drinking 10 beers a day. It works. It'll start working. (laughs) Yes. And then you don't need most of it too. Like once you stop poisoning yourself from the inside out. Yes. Oh my God. Well, and and I, I hope you can see that all of that stuff leading up to your moment on your knees at the bus stop, like that was all very important. Like that was the process of change, right? All of that like pre-contemplation, contemplation as it's like leading you to this. And so that was not wasted. Like all of that stuff led you to that moment. I'm so grateful for everything that I did. And I'm so grateful that my kids are six and two and they don't have to like, that's just not even going to be a thing. I can teach. I can get the little Mother's Day papers back and beer isn't going to be mommy's favorite drink. That is... Yes. I That was a hidden fear of mine the last few years and I made it out in the clear. And now they just put Coke because they know that's what, that's what I got. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Well, man, you sure do show the bright side of sobriety and I see your posts all the time and you really do. I try. I try so hard. You do. Because I remember, I remember just like lurking on your page, that page. I joined that before I, I joined that probably six months before I stopped drinking and I just craved it. I would, I would read them and be like, oh, that's so cool. Oh, like why can't, why? And I just, I just wish so badly that people could just do it. I I know you're reading it. I know you're hearing it. And I know you're there. Just do it. Just try. Because you said, you've said all the time, we've given it so many tries this way. How about let's try it this way and just like see what happens. And then 30 days turns into three months. And now I've, I've been sober eight months. Like what the fuck? I didn't think that was ever going to think. That's amazing. I couldn't even go to Wednesday. I would chat on Monday. I couldn't, I couldn't go till Wednesday. But you just do it and you just keep doing it. And it's like a pull. It's like a magnet. And and the farther you get from it, I mean, then it just, the, the rest of your life fills in the gaps. And then you can't even, there's not even room for alcohol anymore. Like you just can't, you're like, why would I ever go back? Right? Yeah. I started off, I started that morning and I said that very morning, my first text to my husband was, I want to take a year off. I'm going to take a year off drinking because I knew Anything shorter than that would be setting me up for failure. And I knew I needed a longer period. My hope was, okay, if I can go a year, then I'm not even going to, why would I want to go back? I wanted to shift myself and force it. And I, I knew that I would never go back. And having that little thing, like even it even helps when you're out and people are like, oh, you're still not drinking. I'm like, yeah, a, a year. I gave myself a year. Because it's they, they don't ask questions if you have said something like that. Like, oh, I'm taking a year. Right. But now at eight months, I'm like, no, I'm not fucking drinking. Like, that is literally poison. No. Yeah, why would I go back? Like, no, I'm right. going to go to bed tonight and sleep and wake up fine. No, I'm not. I'm good. 
and it, it shifts, but you have to give yourself time. You have to give it time to start to feel because I'll see these people post in there. Oh, I went like 12 days and then I stopped because you're still in the shitty part. That's so hard. It's so shitty in the beginning. And of course you're going to want to stop because that sucks. It sucks. I cried for literally months, but then it doesn't suck anymore. Yes. And then you're like, oh, this is actually great and doable and it's fine. And some things might change and that does suck. I always see people, their marriages are hard and it's different. And okay, then you'll figure it out. Everybody, everything's figure outable. You can do it, but you can do it sober. Yes, it's so true. If you're sober, you can figure anything out. You just can. We can. We can do so much more than we give ourselves credit for. Without a headache and without feeling like nauseous. Yes, without the bullshit. Even last night, my husband, my favorite part, probably last night when my two-year-old woke me up out of a complete slumber because... I don't know why, but I was able to get up and walk him and pat his butt back to bed and stand over his bed without wanting to hurl because and having my brain literally pounding out of my body because that had happened so many times. That doesn't happen anymore. I just wake up and I do it. And then I still wake up fine. Yes. It's good. It's hard and it's scary, but it's worth it. I would do it over again. I want to scream at everybody to just give it a try. Just try it. Yes. Good. Good, good, good. Oh my God. Well, we need your voice. So keep posting and keep screaming and keep doing it because you you are just, yeah, you're a light and I am so grateful for you. And I, and your story will help other moms who are right, who are right where you were. So I'm proud of you. Thank you. We can do it. Just keep going. Yeah. Thank you. Keep going. Oh my God, Casey. Thank you. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Sober Mom Life. If you loved it, please rate and review it wherever you listen. Five stars is amazing. Also, follow me on Instagram at The Sober Mom Life. Okay, I'll see you next week. I'm going to go reheat my coffee. Bye. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.